Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Howdy, church. You excited? Yeah, you sound like it. Cool. Uh, well, hopefully you guys at home who are joining us, we're really glad that you are here. I hope that you're glad too. Um, how many of you, just by a show of hands, even those of you at home, um, have had a coach in your life? Go ahead, keep them up, keep them up. Whether it be sports or work or, uh, okay, cool, cool. So most of us have had some coaches, right? Uh, most of us who have had some coaches, we probably had some good coaches and we probably had some coaches that weren't as good and some of them not very good. Um, but I don't know about you, but for me, looking back at my life, the coaches I had in sports and in ministry were the coaches that, that, the ones that stuck out to me, the ones that made a bigger impact in my life that went beyond the season or went beyond that particular ministry were the people who coached me and they, they showed me by their actions that they were for me. That yes, they wanted us to win. They wanted us to do really well. Uh, but beyond winning, they were for us as individuals. They wanted to mold us into the best versions of ourselves because I know that, uh, from, from my life that sports can teach us a lot about a lot of things. And extracurriculars can teach us a lot about life, right? We can learn how to fight through struggles and to keep going when, when things are not easy to, to find out how far we can actually go because we have leaders who are encouraging us just like what Taylor shared with us. But uh, for for some of us, like we uh, have had some people in our lives, maybe coaches or bo- bosses or, or friends who have shown us by their actions that they're not exactly for us, but they're for using us. So if you think about this, think about the coach that's for winning more than they are for you, more than they're for molding human beings. Or, or think about the, the boss who is for profit more than they are for people. Right, those those bosses, they don't that doesn't go well with what we would want for our workplace, right? Or the friend who we have as friends, but they are for avoiding loneliness more than they're for the relationship. There's a difference, and we know what we're for based on our actions. And a, a lot of us, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but if you thought about this, let me ask you a question. Give us some thought. If you think about your life and the people you interact with, think about what are you more known for? Are you more known by what you are for or by what you are against? Because the, 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 the wrestling that we all have is that it's easier for us to show what we are against than it is to be for something. It takes investment. It takes us to be committed to be for something because we can't just say it with our words. We have to show it with our actions. If we're just against stuff, we can just, we can just spout off with words and that's what we show. But what, what, who, who, the people around you, would, would they see you as someone who's for something or against something? And let me just let's zoom out a little bit for the church, like the big C church. Uh, the, the experiences you've had with church, uh, with, the, the, with the watching world, would they know the church more by what we're against or by what we're for? And I think if we, if we spend enough time wrestling with that and thinking about it, we'd probably find that sometimes 
uh, all of us and even the church in general uh, can be sometimes known by what we're against more than what we're for. Uh, like, think about it. Did the watching world know more about how their sin is, a, is an affront to God more than they know what God wants their lives to be? Like, we don't have to sacrifice our convictions. We can do both. We can show grace and truth. And this is what I'm calling us to, that we can still operate as followers of Jesus who know what is right and want to call people to that, but we can do that in such a way where we call them to something, not just away from something. So what would it look like then for us as First Church of Christ, what would it look like for us to show our community, Wells County and beyond, that we are for them? What would it look like for us to live in such a way as a church and operate in such a way where we show them that God is for them and that we are for them and God has something much more than what they have ever thought or could imagine? What would it look like for us to do that? As we close out this series that we've been in called We Are, as we're looking at who we want to be as a church, this is our last core value, core conviction that we're going to look at is we are for wells. And the reason is because Jesus, right at the end of his ministry on earth, as for he rose from the grave and he was visiting people right before he ascended to the throne of the Father, he told his disciples this. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and then we'll go over to Matthew 5 here in a minute. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is speaking to his followers, his disciples, who, had, who obviously they're talking to him, and they are witnesses of his Uh, of him being resurrected from the grave. They see him being alive after he was dead. This is what he says in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. They had just got done asking him, hey, is this the time you're going to restore Israel to your kingdom? Is this going to be the time where you right every wrong? And in response to that, Jesus says, hey, you need not worry about that. But what you need to worry about is that you're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. And when he comes upon you, you'll know exactly what to do. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, right where they were, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so the, the thrust of what Jesus wants us to be as followers of Jesus is to be his witnesses. They, as the apostles, they got to see the risen Christ. They were witnesses of the risen Christ. For us, we get to benefit from the fact that those disciples and the disciples thereafter were obedient to the fact that Jesus told them to be witnesses of his, right? Why? Because we are in Bluffton, Indiana, and last time I checked, that's thousands of miles away from Jerusalem. And so we have been able to benefit from the, from the good news of Jesus Christ that he came and he died for us and he rose from the grave to give us eternal life. And so we now uh, in Bluffton, Indiana, are called to do the same thing in our Jerusalem, in our Judea, in our Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so what is our Jerusalem? Well, for a lot of us who live in Bluffton, that's our Jerusalem, Bluffton. What is, and we go span out that, that way. So Wells County, what, what would it look like for us to be God's witnesses? In Bluffton, in Wells County, in the United States of America, and to the ends of the earth. We are for Wells, and we are for the world. But for some reason, I don't know when this started, but a lot of us who grew up in the American church, if you, if you just thought about your experience, this might, be, this might ring true, that we kind of have an epidemic of uh, sharing our faith with others right where we are. Because a lot of us, we've gone on some short-term missionary trips, right? Some short-term mission trips, 
Um, and we went to those things and we, we kind of, we had prepared, we, we raised funds and, and we got packed up and we knew that we were going to this place for the sole reason of telling people about Jesus and investing in their lives in the name of Jesus in some practical way, right? And so we went there on mission. We knew that we had a job to do. And we, 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 we were so excited about it. We enjoyed it. It was transformative for us. We probably gained more from it than the people we served, right? And so we come back to our home, and then we start living life the same way we had always had, where we struggle to be reminded of the fact that we are witnesses right where we are. What do they say? In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so we start where we are, and we keep expanding out. But for some reason, we, for some reason, we believe, we don't, we would never say this, but we operate under the belief that we are only witnesses when we're on short-term missions. But what Jesus would want for us to be is witnesses in our schools, in our workplaces, at home, in our neighborhoods, in community organizations, at the ball field, wherever we are. He wants us to be witnesses of His. And we do that as people who have been changed by Jesus, who have indwelled the Holy Spirit, uh, and we get to, to do that as people who have been changed by him. And, and Jesus called us something in Matthew chapter 5 that I think is really important for us to understand and to remind ourselves of each and every day. So Matthew chapter 5, um, Jesus had just got done with his sermon introduction called the Beatitudes, where he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, blessed are the persecuted, blessed are the, the peacemakers, Blessed are those who mourn. You say, oh, that, that sounds great, Jesus. That's great. Yeah, persecuted, mourning, it's wonderful. Yeah. And so then he, right after that, he tells them uh, that they are this. He says this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. And who is he speaking to? His disciples. And for many of us, we're his disciples. So you are the salt of the earth. You, you are not maybe the salt of the earth. You are not someday when you become a super Christian, you're going to be the salt of the earth, but you are the salt of the earth now. And so it's important for us to understand that when we read scripture, we're reading a context that was in the past. And so we have to put our minds and put our shoes in that place in history to understand what it meant to them before we can understand what it means for us today in the 21st century. So this was in the first century. What did they use salt for? Two of the main uses of salt would be to preserve meat, to preserve, preserve food, uh, because they have refrigerators, right? That's, oh, that's sad, right? That's sad. Uh, and... Uh, they so they they would use that for preservative, but then they would also use it like we use it to make our you know food taste better, like McDonald's French fries, some salt, amen, right? <laughs> not all the time though, because that would not be good, but sometimes, right? Sometimes. So we, as the salt of the earth, are called to make to to keep good things good, and to make other things better, to make things better. That's what salt does, right? Uh, anyone like to cook? You go raise your hand if you like to cook. If you like to cook, okay, I'm coming to your guys' houses, okay? Uh, uh, so Sarah and I, we split cooking like 60-40. She, she cooks about 60% of the time, about 40% of the time. Um, and 
One of my, one of my dishes that I like and I've mastered are pork chops. Some pork chops. I can make some good pork chops, okay? On the grill or on the stovetop, whatever, preferably the grill though. Um, and the church said, okay, that's good. That's some fervor, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, you want to know what my pivot point in with my, my cooking of pork chops was? Uh, this was like crazy, revolutionary, uh, that I, I made this change in the way I was making pork chops. You know what I did? I used more seasoning. I just, I just started using more. Uh, my, here's, here's my seasoning for my pork chops, okay? Uh, this is trademark, by the way, so if you use this specific blend, you owe me. I'm just kidding. That's not... Can you do that? I don't think you can do that. Uh, anyway, okay. So seasoned salt, garlic powder, onion powder, and, uh, oh, there's something else. There's something else. Pepper, that's right. Yeah, pepper. See, some of y'all already know where I was going. I was going to say, oh, I'll leave that away. You guys have to, like, the mystery ingredient. But never mind. It was just pepper. That's right. So that's all I did. Because seasoning makes, makes things better, right? In the same way, we are the salt of the earth. We ought to, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we ought to make things better. And I know for some of you chemistry people, you, you read that and you were like, hold up. Salt cannot lose its taste. It cannot lose its saltiness. Uh, because it's a, uh, a stable compound. <laughs> See that? That was good. Yeah. Young people, pay attention in chemistry class, you know. It'll come in handy one day. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, okay. The, it's important to understand how they got their salt. So they did not get their salt from the ocean and let the water uh, evaporate and then you got some pure salt. They got it from salt marshes. Predominantly, And so when you would have salt from salt marshes, it would be blended with a bunch of other stuff that wasn't salt. But if you had the, the little uh, residue from that, you might have a little bit of saltiness, but not much. And so there's a sermon there. Salt that is blended with other stuff, not as useful. Not as useful. So salt is beneficial because of its distinctiveness. So for us as followers of Jesus... We ought to be salt, pure salt, not blended with everything else in the world. So when you look at how should I view this thing or how should I uh, understand this? How should I live in this way? What are the decisions I need to make in my life? Do it in a way that would honor Jesus every time and then you'll be better for it and you'll make things better in your life. And so Jesus calls us to be the salt of the earth where we preserve the good things and we make things better. So what would it look like for all of us, whatever work we're doing, whatever context we're in, to make things better in Wells County? That's what should be happening wherever we go because we're in tune with the Spirit and He's made us better, right? Jesus has transformed us. He has made us brand new. And as brand new transformed people who have been made better, we can make things better. So he goes on and he gives us another illustration. Jesus is really good at giving us some pictures to think about as he is teaching us. Verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. What, what's the point of light? Now you really think about it. What's the point of light? For us. 
What benefit does it get us? To be able to see, right? To be able to see some stuff. See the danger in front of us. See the path that's before us. To be able to know what we're looking at. Right? Because we don't have the eyes that we can like see at, with night vision. Like unless we got some night vision goggles and that's cool and you should let me borrow them. Because that'd be fun. Right? So Sarah and I, we're, we're moving into a new house this weekend. Just, just two minutes away. And uh, when I went into the house yesterday, uh, you know what the first thing I did was? I looked for all the light switches and started flipping them on so I can know what, what light they work. Right? So why? Because it was during the day, but I want to know how to get light into the house so that I can know and I don't bust my face on a wall that I didn't realize was there. Right? Light is helpful. It helps people see clearly. It helps people see what is. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, we are the light of the world. You don't, you, it's not that you might be the light or you could be the light one day, but you are the light of the world because of the Holy Spirit indwelling you, because you have the presence of God with you, you are the light of the world. So when we live and we do things that would honor him, our good works would cause people to glorify our Father in heaven. Why? Because our light would shine upon him. It's from him and it shines back to him so that people can see the path that God has taken to redeem them and the path that they can go to meet God in that place. Our good deeds could help people glorify our Father in heaven. We are the light of the world that gives light to the power and the glory of God. And so when we do good things, it's not because we're trying to get credit. Ever. But it's just so that people would see the good things that we do. And they would say, wow, our God is amazing. I didn't realize this was possible. I didn't realize that people lived that way. And it's, it's not really them because they're just ordinary, but it's because of God in their life. Like, What if we could be those people who, when people see us do good things, they glorify our Father in heaven? But, but you know, think about it like this. Um, Y'all probably got some light bulbs, like a box of light bulbs in your house somewhere. Because, you know, light bulbs have a tendency to go out, right? I've got to change some at our current house right now, the one we sold, to, you know, because they went out. But what good is a good light bulb in your hand? What good does it do? It ain't plugged into anything. It's just there. It's got the potential for light, but it's not plugged in. What good does that do? Not much. Right? Unless you got a light socket, you got electricity going through the light socket, right? I don't know exactly how it works, but some, some people in this room do. And just roll with me, okay? If I say something wrong, but that's kind of how it works. Just from my experience, you, you plug it in and you got electricity, it turns on, right? We need to be plugged into the Holy Spirit. That's my point. We, as followers of Jesus, need to be plugged into what God is trying to do. Why? Because He is the source of energy. He is the source of light that we can then go and shine our light because of what He's done in our lives. So we have to be in tune with Him. We, we have, we're so busy, y'all. Some of us are so busy. That, and and I, I do this all the time. Like, we have to create space so that we can hear what God is saying to us and to hear the small, still, small voice of the Holy Spirit leading us as we live. Like imagine what it would be like if Wells County was filled with followers of Jesus who were plugged into the Spirit and in tune with what he was trying to say. It'd be, it'd be amazing because he's going to give you nudges. He's going to say, hey, you can go this way. Hey, when, when you see this, this injustice or this problem in our community, the Holy Spirit wants us to be 
ones, right, that, that preserve the good things and make things better that need to be made better, right? And to show people the path that God has shown them. What if we were those people? Our, our community would be better for it. Wells County would be better for it. If we just simply were the people who were in tune with God's spirit and we, we learned how to just be quiet and listen. Our prayer life needs not only be us speaking. It can be us listening. But we have to create space and we have to fight for that. Because I don't know about you, but it's not hard to become busy. It's just not. It's not hard at all. But what is hard is to create margin in our lives so where we can actually be in tune with what God's saying and with what God wants. So we have to fight for that because then we'll be able to be ones who are following what Jesus is saying in our day and time right here and now so that we can make things better. See, church, we are for wells and we want our community to know that we are for them and that God is for them, right? This would be a good time to say amen, just like the grill thing. (laughs) So we want people to know that God's for them. God wants a relationship with them and that we are for them too. And we want what's best for them. And so we can do this in every sphere of our lives, at school, at work, at home, in our neighborhoods, with our neighbors. Wherever we go, we can be people who are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. But let me, let me make it really practical, okay? So just real practical things that we could do that maybe God would lead you to consider as we leave here today. Uh, because if we as a church, corporately, as the body of Christ, are going to be four wells, then that requires all of us as individuals to be four wells too, okay? And wherever it is that you go. You may work in Allen County, Huntington. You may work in Decatur or Burn, whatever it is. Wherever you are, be for the people there. Because Wells County is not just a, a thing on a map, but it's people who live there. So what would it look like then for us to be four wells without sacrificing our convictions but being four wells, practically. So the first thing, again, is to be in tune with the Spirit. Listen to what He's saying. Because He will speak, He will nudge you, He will guide you. That's what He's here for. He, you have received power. You will receive power. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is living in you. And so, what if we could tap into that and just listen to Him? And what he's saying. So be in tune with the Spirit. Uh, part of this being four wells is just having a posture toward the people around us. What did Jesus say? Um, on the night before he was arrested and crucified, uh, they were having dinner. called the Last Supper. And what did Jesus do? He went around and he washed the disciples' feet. And these were some nasty feet, y'all, okay? Because they didn't have, like, shoes like we got. They had, like, wooden uh, sandals, and they walked around. They didn't have cars. They rode on things like animals. And you know what animals do, right? Yeah, like on the road. And they're walking on the road. And so these are some nasty feet. And Jesus did what? He said, hey, man, clean your feet. No, he got down and he washed their feet for them. And he said, hey, just as what I have done for you, you go and do likewise. 
So a lot of this is just a posture toward the people around us where we are willing to serve them and love them even when they don't behave like we want them to, even while they, they don't believe the same thing we do, even when they're different than us, whatever. Like every, people, every person we're around, we ought to love them and have a posture toward them that we are willing to serve them because that's what Jesus called us to and Jesus is the one who rescued us and has given us new life, his life. So that's... One of the things. Another thing is if we're for forgiveness, anybody for forgiveness, especially when you've got to be the one to receive it? Yeah, we're all for forgiveness, except when we've got to offer it, right? For forgiveness, I am for that. Well, what if we could be for forgiveness, not just receiving it, but also offering it? You, you'd amaze some people who didn't grow up that way, who didn't have a, a frame of reference for forgiveness. So what if we would just be the forgiven people who forgive people? Because you are for loving people, maybe you would consider some of these things. Maybe you would decide to mentor a, a child or a teenager, uh, either through the children's ministry, their student ministry, or even through a community organization or community program like Big Brothers Big Sisters. There are plenty of kids in our community who would benefit from your wisdom, the presence of God living in you, and you sharing that with them. Because we are for loving people, because God has told us to love him and to love those around us, what if we were to take that time? And yes, it's a sacrifice of time. You won't get as much stuff done as you wanted to get done, but you would be able to make a difference. You'd be some of the people who, in their lives, they would think about as the people who are formative in their lives because you showed that you were for them. Uh, another thing would be you could maybe coach a team. Like maybe you've got some skills in a sport or uh, some kind of recreational thing. Maybe you could coach and be one of these coaches that were for the kids and showed them what life is like through a little bit of a vehicle of sports. Uh, maybe you, you could just like start inviting some other families into your home when you're comfortable for that and, like, and just share your wisdom with them. I love learning from those who are further along in life than me. Uh, I'm always trying to learn from those who are further along because I don't have everything figured out. I don't, not even close. Uh, my kids keep getting older and, and they keep saying more words. And with that presents more challenges, right? They keep getting more independence. And that's just, a, a, you know, this is the oldest I've ever been, you know, so I got more to learn. The same thing is for you. And maybe for those of you who have some wisdom to share, that's all of you. You can invite some families over and invest in them. Uh, another thing would be maybe volunteering at a community organization, whether it be Christian or not, because we as followers of Jesus who are the salt of the earth, even when we serve alongside uh, of an organization that's not necessarily Christian, like going into the schools or whatever it is, you can still make things better. You can still make things better. Serving alongside of them, serving the people in our community. Maybe there's some community organizations that maybe on your way home, you could be thinking about what could I do? What can I share with them to make a difference in the people that they are serving? Because we as Jesus followers should make things better. Uh, maybe there's something that you see as a problem in our community. And by the way, as followers of Jesus, the one who says that we're the light of the world, we should be ones who, when, when we see the problems of, the, of our community, we shouldn't be so quick to just dismiss them and ignore them because it's too uncomfortable to think about it. We should be the ones who are willing to look the, the reality of our community and of our world right in the face and know that we've got the answer. And his name is Jesus. And we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And we can make a difference because he's working through us. 
And so maybe you're, you've got some uh, entrepreneurial skills. I, I love the idea of spiritual entrepreneurship, where you, you, you have some skills in business or whatever, and you have a motivation to love people because God has loved you, and you find some problems, and you know what the solution is, and you start a venture, and that is a way to make things better in our community. Maybe that's for you. Maybe you've had an idea of something you could start. Uh, we need that in our community. We need people who are creative in their solutions and who have the presence of God living in them. So maybe that's you. I'd love to talk to you and hear your ideas of what that would be. Uh, As a church corporately, we want to continue partnering with organizations in our community who are already doing good works and partner with missionaries and organizations who are doing good things around the world. We want to partner with them to make a difference in our community because, like, think about this. What would, would our community miss First Church of Christ if we ceased to exist tomorrow? Would we be missed because of the difference that we made in our community? I want the answer to be unequivocally No doubt, yes, we would be missed. Why? Because we were making a difference. So we want to continue doing that. We want to listen to how God leads us. We want to be in tune with the Spirit corporately and individually. And when God leads, we want to make sure that we are following Him. And we want to help people at the end of the day in Wells County to know that Jesus is for them and that Jesus loves them. And so I'm, I'm telling you this for real. Like God is going to speak to you in some kind of way that's different than me. And that's a good thing. We are the body of Christ. We are many members, but one body. And he may give you an idea of something to start. I, want, I would love to hear about what that is because I want us as a church to partner together to make a difference in our community. So maybe he's, he's giving you some kind of idea, some kind of passion on your heart, some kind of conviction that you need to make a difference in some kind of way, big or small. Listen to him. Follow him on what that looks like. And and just think about this. What do you want to be known for? At the end of your days, what do you want to be known for? What do you want the people who know you to know you for? Like all of us are going to get to the point where we're, we're, we're no longer living in this way. We're going to be with Jesus. And the impact that we had on the people around us will be the thing that is most highlighted in our celebration of life. No one's going to care about how much money you made or how nice your cars were or how nice your house was or it wasn't. But what people will remember is what you showed them, that you were for them, that you loved them. They'll remember the moments where you cared for them and you listened to them. And maybe the gift that you gave them was your presence in a moment of hurting. What do you want to be known for? The thing is, we can answer that question right now, and then we can make sure that we live intentionally to live a life that would make that happen. Why? Because Jesus said, we're the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We make things better. We preserve the good things, and we show people the glory and power of God. People should know us as that, right? And then maybe zoom out a little bit. What do you want this church to be known for? What what should we be known for? If the church is going to be known for something good, it means that the people in the church followed Jesus and did something good. It's not complicated. It's not hard, really. The Holy Spirit wants to do this through us, and we just have to be in tune with Him. So this is what I would encourage us all to do. Uh, Maybe in your morning time when you are getting ready for work, uh, spend some time with God 
you know, read some scripture, spend some time in prayer. By the way, you can pray in the car, in the shower, whatever. And you can, you can ask God, hey, please remind me today that you have made me into the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And help me to live on mission for you today. Help me to live intentionally. God, help me not to get so caught up in my own stuff that I miss the opportunity you've placed before me. I know that many of you are already involved in our community and you're making an amazing difference. That's so awesome. And I want you to keep going. And God wants you to keep going. Some of us, we've got some gifts that we've not been using. The Holy Spirit's given us all gifts to serve him and to serve people. And no matter what you believe, guess what? Your doubts are not greater than the Holy Spirit's power. So whether you believe that God could use you in someone's life or not, you can trust him that he can because he's the one who's responsible for that. And so maybe just at the, end of, at the beginning of our day, we can just say, hey, God, would you please remind me today that you've made me into the salt of the earth. I'm going to make things better today. Help me, Lord. I'm the light of the world. Not, not because I've got anything to offer, but because I know the one who has the, everything to offer. And that is you. Help me, Lord. Help me to just follow you and be cur- courageous enough to listen to you when you prompt me. And then maybe just we can create some space where we just spend some time in silence and listen. Turn the radio down. Turn all the voices down. And just listen to him. And he'll meet us there. And then he'll show us where to go. Church, would you stand? Let's pray and... We'll sing out to him and ask him to build his kingdom here. Father, we thank you so much for making a way for us to be your people, your children. uh, And you've given us a family, (laughs) brothers and sisters around us in this room and uh, through the stream God, it's amazing. It's an amazing gift that you've not just saved us for someday when, but you've saved us and delivered us, and you are calling us to a mission right here and now. Um, God, would you build your kingdom here, build your kingdom in us? Please help us to be surrendered to you fully and to be in tune with what you would want for us. Holy Spirit, would you have your way with us? Would you speak to us? Would you guide us? Would you mold us? When we don't know what to pray, we know that you intercede on our behalf. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for that. God, would you give us direction each day? Would you remind us of what you've already said about us? We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. God, thank you for telling us who we are and whose we are because now we know what to do. We love you, Lord. We thank you so much for the gift of your grace that you've given to us through Jesus Christ. Help us to be passionate, not only about our salvation, but for the salvation of those around us and the life you've called us to live. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray that as we sing out to you that this act of worship would be pleasing to you. It would bring a smile to your face. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.